What up, everybody? This is Tyler. This is Danny. And this week we're off riding the rails, and so we need some protection. So I got a shotgun. I got the shells. Let's do this. Fried Squirms is back. We're here to get stoned, talk about horror movies this week. I mean, action revenge in a grindhouse style, so right. borders on horror. And, you know, there's a lot of blood and gore. So. Yeah, it fits the bill. Hobo with a shotgun. You guys probably figured that shit out already, especially because it is the fucking title of the episode. <laughs> Before we get into all that, as we do, let's get to our green hits. Start smoking some weed. Danny, what is this wonderful, wonderful joint that you handed to me a little bit earlier? Nice. So this week I brought over the strain Nightshade, which is an indica dominant hybrid. It's about a 70% put my ass to sleep. I know it. It's a 70% indica, 30% sativa. Now, this particular strain is crossed with the powerful cashmere and Nepali strains. This particular strain coming in over at Flower clocks in about 29% THC. It is known for its body high. You might feel a little hungry, relaxed, and uplifted. And the flavors on this are dank and sweet, and the aromas you'll have are citrus, herbal, pine, and sweet. Oh, yeah. This week, I brought you some sugar cookies, also from Flower. This three-way cross, Crystal Gale, Blue Hawaiian, and Sensi Star. It's more of a relaxy hybrid. You're going to get a little bit more of that calmer body effect, but it ain't necessarily going to, like, put you out, put you out. Right. A little bit more of the fruit, a little bit more of the peppery for the taste. I don't know. I like the sugar cookies. That's all I'm going to say on it. <laughs> nice. I've already been smoking some sugar cookies today. Like, I'm I'm good. <laughs> you know, while we're still at the front, we will mention we do have a Patreon now. Please go check that out. Even at the lowest level, you could have listened to this last week. Patreon.com slash fried squirms. If I'm going to be honest, I still got to get better about updating that shit and, like, posting shit on there. But like I said, passively, without me doing shit, you're getting an episode a week early. All right. That's awesome. And that's the lowest level. That's a dollar a fucking month, bro. A month. Think about it. That's pennies on the dollar a day. So we recommend that because as we get better at it, that's where all the new content is basically going to go. Anything we do outside what you hear normally is going to go there. And we're only going to get better and better as we do this. Now that we got that out of the way and we are smoking some weed, we should probably get on to the horror movie aspect of this. Let's get into the guts and bolts of Hobo with Shaka. Guts and Bolts. All right, Guts and Bolts for Hobo with a Shotgun. But before we get into that, something that we'll do before we get into the Guts and Bolts from here on out, but we were just figuring it out, our very own Danny here is going to be taking some time off and heading back to the homeland sort of towards the first half of December. So we just wanted to give you all ample time to take in the news that we will be down for a couple weeks, probably through the mid of December, and then we'll come back for basically our Christmas episode for y'all. Exactly. So we'll take a little break. And I was telling Tyler, too, you know, if there's anything going on around the area, whether it's in Atlanta, Charlotte, Asheville, maybe Knoxville, something like that, if there's anything horror-related going on, maybe even in Spartanburg or Greenville, I'll try to post on the Instagram. So at oh, least yeah. we'll have something going on in between, yeah. you know. But just expect a break coming up because we're planning for it. So you might as well, too. Exactly. So we'll give you a heads up. And for those who are on the Patreon, you'll know at least a couple weeks ahead of time. So For sure. 
Uh, anyway, now, guts and bolts, hobo with a shotgun. Who and what went into making this movie? Spoiler free. Start off with setup. Uh, hobo's new to town. Hopetown? I think so, yeah. Hopetown. And he's trying to get along with life there, but it just pushes him over the edge, and he's got to clean up the streets with a shotgun. Based off of the fake trailer in the Bob Rod, Quentin Tarantino, Grindhouse double feature. Which, that alone has some interesting little trivia, which I think I'm going to reserve till the next section. So, with that, of course, we do like to talk about the people who go into making the film and the actors and actresses in front of the cameras from week to week. And this week, we've actually got a gentleman we've talked about before, believe it or not. And that gentleman is Jason Eisner. Now, we talked about him back on episode 214. Uh, ABCs of Death. Yeah, he did the episode or segment, Why is for Young Buck? Fuck, that was a good one, right? Yeah, that one was, phew, yeah, pretty wild. All right, so a few other things of note from Jason is he's done the project The Teeth Beneath. He's actually helped on VHS Part 2 for the segment Slumber Party Alien Abduction. He also helped on the segment Truro for Trailer Park Boys Live at the North Pole. Of course he did. Okay. Yep. And this one is actually really cool because I've actually seen a couple episodes. So if you're any kind of wrestling fan, and I don't mean like Greco-Roman or Olympic style. I mean like WWF slash E and WCW and all that fun stuff. Is He's directed all the episodes for Dark Side of the Ring from uh, 2019 through 2021. No shit. Good for him. Yeah, I was like, damn, that's actually a really good fucking series, dude. All right, so... The writer on this is John Davies. Now, he did help with that Grindhouse Hobo with a Shotgun segment, mm, that fake mm-hmm. trailer. He also helped, too, with VHS Part 2, the Slumber Party Alien Abduction segment. All right, now, we also have another gentleman we talked about before, and that is our cinematographer, and that is Karim Hussein. We talked about him back on Episode 40 because he helped on two episodes of... Hannibal? Hannibal. Okay. Yeah, so, and it makes sense because this is Canadian. Now, we mentioned that was mm-hmm. filmed up in Canada. Now, he helped Canada. on, he <laughs> up in Canada. Now, he helped on the episodes Sorbet and Oof. Okay, so. It's the first season. Oh, first, first season. season. Yeah, first yeah. Season. okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because second season was Japanese, right? Right. All right, and he helped on the ABCs of Death. Now, it didn't say which segment or segments, it just said ABCs of Death. All right, and a few other things of note, too, because I do want to mention a few projects of his. He helped also on the Theater Bazaar, the segments The Mother of Toads, The Accident, and Vision Stains. He helped on the short Animalia, which is actually something I've been curious about. He also helped on We Are Still Here, which seems like a pretty decent film Mm. from what I hear. Yeah. He also helped on the film Possessor, which I'm kind of curious about. I believe that's Cronenberg's son's film, David Cronenberg. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Parallel, Mohawk, and Madam Hollywood are a few other films of note. The editor on this, once again, is Jason Eisner. A couple different people compose the music. One of them is Adam Burke. We also have Darius Holbert. They helped on the films Trophy Kids, 
They also helped on the television series Making a Scene with James Franco and the film The Crest. We also have Russ Howard III. They helped on the films The Cleanse and Tragedy Girls. And also the Obsidian Orchestra helped on the film. We have special effects by Invisible Pictures. They helped the visual effects. This was produced by Rob Coderol, Niv Fickman, and Paul Gross. The production companies on this are Rhombus Media, Whizbang Films, and You're Dead Productions. The distributors were Alliance. They helped with the 2011 Canadian theatrical release, and Magnet Releasing helped with the 2011 United States theatrical release. Now, it had a premiere. This was here in the States at the Sundance Film Festival on January 21st, 2011, and it had a limited release on March 25th, 2011 in Canada. It had a budget of about $3 million, and it grossed right around $835,000. This is another one of those ones where we can put that in context with it only opened in two theaters and was only shown in 21 theaters max. That's crazy. That means it did pretty fucking decent. And the tagline, delivering justice one shell at a time. God damn it. If I have to hear that one more fucking time. (laughs) I know, right? I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. All right. Now, getting into our cast, we've got the hobo. Now, this is a little bit of trivia, not much of a spoiler, but Rutger Hauer is not the OG hobo. No. Right. But he does play the hobo in the film. David Brunt is the OG hobo. Correct. Now, if people have been following us for a while, we talked about Rucker Hauer all the way back on episode 72 when we reviewed The Hitcher. It's another one of those films, man. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend you got to go out there and at least give it a shot. It's a great film. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's supposed to be getting a Blu ray release pretty Ooh. soon. Yeah, the director, or maybe it was even the writer. Do you know from who? Uh, Second Sight, I believe okay. it is. I could be wrong with that. Don't hold me to it. I think it's them almost certain. I'm I'm pretty fucking certain. But anywho, I'm excited. Whenever it gets released, I'm getting a copy. It's happening. Anyway, <laughs> all right. A few films of note from Rucker Hauer. I do want to mention these. The film Spetters, it's actually a Danish film. The director on that, Paul Verhoeven. Mm. So I do want to mention that because a buddy of mine is real big into these kind of films. He was also in the film Nighthawks. You might have seen him in Blade Runner. Hello. <laughs> Lady Hawk, might have seen them from that. How about the film Blind Fury? That's one oh, I highly shit. recommend, yeah. too. Early 90s film. Uh, actually, 89. Yeah, it's another one of those things, too. I know we mentioned he passed away not too long ago. Another film we do have to mention, he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. for those who are fans of that, too. And, I mean, just a ton of other films. I don't think we have enough time to kind of give him proper credits. I mean, credits do, but kind of sucks, you know. He's one of those guys. Grew up watching and unfortunately passed not too long ago. All right. So moving forward, we have Molly Dunsworth. She plays the role of Abby. A few things of note from her. She was in the films Monker 6. You might have seen her in Septic Man. She was also in the film Trailer Park Boys Don't Legalize It. She was a part of the Haven television series from 2010 through 2015. And she was also a part of the Trailer Park Boys animated series from 2020. All right, we have Brian Downey plays the role of the Drake. I guess you can just call him Drake. <laughs> but a few things to note from him. People might know him from Norman's Awesome Experience. He was a part of the Lex television series from 96 all the way through 2002. He was also part of the Trailer Park Boys television series from 2017. And more recently, he was in the Pure television series from 2017 through 2019. 
All right, we have Gregory Smith, who plays the role of Slick. He's one of the Drake's sons in this. Now, this kid, this guy, I mean, he's not a kid, but this guy is actually a child actor. Dude, this is a trip for me because I love small soldiers. This is crazy. Listen, to, yeah, I mean, it, that's one of them. He was also in the film Andre about the seal. Okay, uh, Krippendorf's tribe. He was also in the episode The Tale of Train Magic for Are You Afraid of the Dark? Wow. He was in The Patriot. Yes. He was also in Harriet the Spy. Some people might also recognize him. He was in Harriet the Spy. Fuck. Some people (laughs) might recognize him because he was also in Everwood, the television series from 2002 through 2006. And more recently, he was in Rookie Blue from 2010 through 2015. Now, some people might not know this, but he's also a director. He's been doing a shit ton of fucking uh, CW Arrowverse shit, like yeah. Superman and Lois, yeah. Arrow, That's why the I Flash. knew that you would probably be into that, because it's like, he's really got his hands on some cool stuff, which makes sense, because they do a lot of shit in Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that's all shot in Toronto. I'm curious if I know any of the episodes he's done just off of the top of my head, like, just by looking at the name of the episode, if I know which one it is. I know some of these episodes. They're not bad. He has a couple crap episodes, but he has a couple pretty good ones, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's about to happen. All right, moving forward, we have Nick Bateman. He plays dual roles in this. He plays Ivan, and he also plays Rip. And I'll mention who Rip is here. Oh, shit. I didn't know he was also Rip. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a few films of note from him. He was in the film Tapped. He was also in Total Frat Movie. And he was in, like, a, I don't know if it was a Lifetime or one of those networks, A Brush with Love. Mm. All right. Now we have. Oh, it's Hallmark Channel. Yeah, I was like, I knew it was one of those, man. All right, we have Peter Simus. He plays the role of Grinder. Now he's one half of a duo. This guy is mostly known for a lot of stunt work, like on some pretty big films, man. Don't have enough time to really go into a lot of them, but some really cool credits. All right, we have Rob Wells plays the role of Logan, who is the Drake. Yeah, who has the who's the the Drake's brother in the film? But yeah, if you ever watch Trailer Park Boys, dude, it's Ricky. Ricky isms. Everybody should know that by now. But outside of Trailer Park Boys, a few films of note from him is he was in the Boondock Saints Part Two, All Saints Day, as Jimmy the Gopher. He was also in Don, Her Dad, and the Tractor from 2021. And uh, he also lent his voice as Kenny Bilko in the episode The Limited for Archer back in 2012. Mm. All right, moving forward, we have Jeremy Ackerman. He is the chief of police in this film. Now, this gentleman I did read was a politician for a long while in Canada, and then he moved into acting, which is not uncommon. But a few films of note from him, he was in the 1995 version of The Scarlet Letter some people might have seen him in such things as Lex from 1996 through 1999. He was also in such things as Virginia's Run. I mean, a lot of these people work together, too, because, you know, most of them are Canadians. So it's mm-hmm. not uncommon to see them working together on a lot of projects. But he was in a lot of the Jesse Stone films, man. Okay. Yeah, which is, you know, kind of weird, but all right. But uh, another thing he was in also is Drunken on Drugs, Happy Fun Time Hour, which... It was a part of the Trailer Park Boys guys, like uh, Tremblay and Wells and Mike Smith and all these guys. It was kind of like an offshoot where they were playing themselves, but they were kind of – it was kind of meta in a way. Mm -hmm. It was – I don't know. It was kind of goofy, but he played like the evil doctor in the show that was throwing all the wrenches in the plans. But anyhow, 
those are a few films of note from him in television series. All right, we have David Brunt, the guy you just mentioned, because mm-hmm. he did play the original hobo. hobo. Yeah, in the Grindhouse version, you know, the, the trailer. He also reprised his role as the hobo in Treevenge, which is a short. And more recently, he was in the film Operation Mongoose. Okay. All right, we have Pasha Ibrahimi. He is the Bum Fights director. Mm-hmm. A few things I've known from him. Pretty cool things. He was also in Drunk and on Drugs, Happy Fun Time Hour. He was also in such things as Call Me Fritz from 2011. Some people might have seen him in such things as Lord of Chaos, which is a short. He was in The Healer from Call 2016. <laughs> yeah, he was a cop in two episodes of Trailer Park Boys. He was also in two episodes of Supergirl as General in 2017. Some people might have seen him in Sex and Violence, the television series. And uh, a little bit more recently, he was in Midnight Mass, the television miniseries, which I've been told was pretty decent. I think it's um, Mike Flanagan. Right, and it's supposed to be kind of like a prequel to Salem's Lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think it was Steven who mentioned it to Mm. me. No, no. Somebody else. It was somebody else. No. So, anywho, we have three other gentlemen. This gentleman, he's not necessarily an actor. I think a lot of people are going to recognize him more as a host of a lot of shows. But this gentleman is George Strombolopoulos. He is the TV news anchor in the movie. Now, the reason I bring him up is if you're Canadian, specifically, you're going to recognize him because he was the host of various shows on much music from 2000 through 2004. He also had the radio show, The Strombo Show, back in 2010. You might have seen him on the television series, The Hour, from 2005 through 2010. And more recently, he did some work on Hockey Night in Canada and Design Canada, which is a documentary. All right. The other two guys I have, this one kind of, well, both of them kind of blew me away. One of them is Sam Tarasco. Now, he goes uncredited. He just shows up in a blip. He's just okay. kind of like a background person. But I was like, oh, what the fuck is he doing in this? Now, how many times did I mention Trailer Park Boys in this? Yeah. A mean, bunch. Yeah, all now, that's the reason why I'm bringing him up. Because if you watch Trailer Park Boys, he plays Sam Lasco. Mm. Right, which he's like one of the early kind of antagonists in mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, damn, that was pretty cool. They call him Caveman. <laughs> for obvious reasons. All right, and last but not least, I have Tim Dunn. He plays the pawn shop clerk. Now, why did I bring him up? Now, he was also in an episode we reviewed. He was on episode 214, ABCs of Death, Why is for Young Buck. He was the janitor. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Dude, I was like, man, he looks fucking familiar. Why does he look familiar? Then I, I looked him up. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no wonder. I, a few other things. And no, we didn't talk about a- a- actors that episode. No, was, we didn't. They we only so talked about directors. Many. Yeah, there's 26 episodes or segments. We only had so much time. A few other things of note from Tim. He was in Haven, the television show from 2014. He was also in Lizzie Borden Chronicles from 2015. And he was in Books of Blood, hmm. which I okay. still need to check out. Yeah, same here. Right, but that pretty much rounds our cast and crew. You gave us a brief setup. We should give you some warnings. <laughs> I mean, it's blood and gore. It's a grindhouse film. Yeah, I was about to say, it's not just a grindhouse film. It's meant to be an over-the-top parody of revenge-style agreed grindhouse films. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, so, more, it's more like an homage. 
like not as much as there could be for something this inherently Oof. sleazy, but <laughs> there is tits. Yeah, there is. There's cussing like every fucking sentence almost in the Dude, movie. It's hyper violent. Yeah, it's just kind of a crap sack world where anything goes and like a lot of people die and there's violence yeah, towards there's kids. There's some body stuff that pe- it's probably going to make people squeamish. Gun action. I mean, mm-hmm. hell, there's shotgun in the freaking. Yeah, title. I was about to say it's hobo with the shotgun. So like so, somebody's gonna get shotgunned. Yeah, I think out of the more recent ones we've done, this one's a little bit more hyper violent. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So yeah, I guess that's the warnings. Like, it's intentionally over the top. In a lot of ways, like the way we would warn you about a trauma movie. <laughs> yeah, is, that's a solid point. Take the same sort of uh, warnings for this. Uh, let's just talk about it so I can stop like fucking just stuttering all over my words and how to make squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right. Hobo with the shotgun. How does it make us squeal? Yeah, this is just a fun movie for me. Likewise. I haven't seen it a ton. I've definitely seen it before this. Maybe two or three times. Sounds about um, right for me as well. I didn't see Grindhouse right away, so it was probably had been out for a couple years before I saw Planet Terror or Death Trip or yeah, Death Proof. Yeah, yeah, you go. And subsequently, of course, the I didn't get around to watching those until I really wanted to watch Machete. Uh, there you go. That makes basically. Sense. Yeah, and that's fine. And then I followed that up, of course, with watching Hobo the Shotgun. Like I said, saw it a couple times since then. Yeah. This admittedly was our fallback from last week in case last week wasn't able to happen. Wow, I know. Things <laughs> tend to work out sometimes, and it did last week in our favor. So, But why not mm-hmm. fall back on this? This is a good one regardless. But we chose it because it's fun. I know you had seen it before, too. Yeah, like, I've only seen it a few times, like two or three times tops. I will say it's probably been at least five years since the last time I watched it. Yeah, it's been somewhere between three and four or something like that. I mean, I definitely haven't seen it since we started doing this podcast, which I think is about five years now. So Yeah. I have seen it in between that time, but not more recently, like Mm -hmm. so within the last three or four years. So it was really fun getting to go back to it. Like, I kind of talked about it at the beginning. Not really a horror movie, but not... Not a horror movie. Like, if you're not down with horror movies, you probably can't get through this movie either. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because of the violence Mm -hmm. and because of the gore and things like that. And just the overall crappiness of the world. Oh, yeah. And how little regard life is held and, like... Yeah, there's not very many redeeming people in this film. No. But it's an action movie. Yeah, that it definitely is. It's a comedy, it's a that parody. It's an over-the-top yep. parody. Yeah, and that's what Grindhouse films tend to mm-hmm. be. Yeah, they're satirizing, making parodies of things. But fuck, it's good. It is. It's a lot of fun, man. It's action-packed. It's very Canadian, which I like already. <laughs> Dude, fucking, what's her name? Abby. Her accent comes through thick a couple times. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know how much you know about this. There's a couple things I wanted to ask you. Okay. The first thing is... Do you even know how they came up with the idea for the grindhouse hobo with a shotgun? Do you know how that came about? No. All right. I just recently purchased a copy of the film because I thought I already had a copy, which I might 
I get stoned and misplaced things a lot, but I was like, fuck it, I need a copy. So I got a copy. And along with that, I was watching the making of featurette, and they said that, and this is like Jason Eisner and the writer, mm-hmm. that they were scrolling along Ain't It Cool News, and they were having a competition for filmmakers to submit a fake trailer. Right, for Grindhouse. And so they did. And they only shot it for, I don't know, just a few hundred bucks at mm-hmm. best. And they won, obviously. And then they were approached to make a full-length feature film, and this is how this came about. And so that's the first part, because you know this leads into something else. And the second part is, do you know who Abby is? Like, the actress herself, Molly Dunsworth. No. Okay. Now, her sister, Sarah Dunsworth, was one of the costume-like designers on the film. Okay. Now, they are the daughters of John Dunsworth, who plays a huge character. Who Oh, he just passed away recently. But he played Mr. Leahy on Trailer Park Boys, which is the Trailer Park Supervisor. Oh, damn. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, Sarah, she actually plays Sarah on the show. Yeah, I was like, man, that's really cool that they're all involved in this because also along with that, there was another thing I read, which I'll mention a little bit later on, that involves another one of the Dunsworths because mm. she was like, I think, a clerk in the trailer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Dunsworth have all like had their hands on this project at one point or another, which is kind of interesting. So that's why this Trailer Park Boys connection makes so much sense. And there's another person from the Trailer Park Boys who makes an appearance. I'll mention a little bit later on. So anyhow, those are the two things I wanted to ask you about this, just to kind of spark the conversation. I guess I did know the competition thing. I thought you were more asking, like, how they came up with the idea of a hobo with a shotgun. Oh, that part, yeah, I don't know per se, because they didn't really dive too much into that. But I know these guys were just kind of fresh out of film school as well, and they were kind of contemplating what they wanted to do with their lives, you know? Right. And that liked filmmaking and... Like I said, this was just kind of a chance opportunity, and they ran with it. So, oh, yeah. but it would be kind of interesting, like why? Because why hobo? They're from shotgun? they're from a place called Dartmouth, which is up in Nova Scotia, and you know people think of Canadians as just polite, friendly. Mm-hmm. Which, you know they are. I've been up there. Holds weight, but but they're also they're like you know red, we, white, but never blue, eh? Yeah, exactly. Like we invented that, but. <laughs> They also were like, you know, we wanted to show people, too, like, we can do violent stuff and give you the goods. And they do that. So I kind of like that. You know, a place that's not really known for violence and shit like that, but mm-hmm. they tend to do fairly well with it. In cinema, that is. So as far as the movie goes, well, we have Red Hour shows up to town. Hope Town. Yeah, Scum Town. <laughs> yep. And he starts seeing how shit's going down. So... I don't know, man. When this came out, this was 2011. Yeah, 2011. Ten years ago, this setting seemed a little bit more extreme than these days. These days, I was sitting there sort of like watching the background a little bit more of this movie, and I'm like, seems a little bit too close to modern day, because it's not super dystopian. Most yeah. people in this world are still going to work and just trying to get by in life. It's just that certain areas have been left to go to shit because of the amount of homelessness and giant rampant drug use and no real fucking infrastructure to speak of. Right. It's just kind of like abandoned towns, like old factory towns and 
and the infrastructure that's there is kind of corrupt. Like, oh yeah, we're all dirty cops. <laughs> yeah, we get to see that <laughs> firsthand, and it's pretty blatant too. They're out in the open about it. I was just like, I, but most of the world is kind of just still trying to make it work. And I was like, and that world looked a little bit like ours. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not the best in the world, but it's not definitely not Hopetown, mm-hmm. Scumtown. Not by any stretch. I started laughing because I had forgotten all about bum fights. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> that was pretty gnarly. Just referencing bum fights. I was like, oh yeah, shit, that was a thing, wasn't it? <laughs> it sure as fuck was. That was wild. So we do get the introduction of that because there is a kind of a wraparound with that. There's a couple of different wraparounds which are kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's one of them. Okay. And you're right. It's kind of a lead up. It's a build up of what this town's about, the obvious and blatant disregard for basic treatment to each other, <laughs> you know. So he's experienced this because he's transient, the hobo that is. And there comes a point where we get the introduction to Rob Wells's character. Right. I just wrote down Ricky. What's his real name? Logan? Something like that? Yeah, Logan as the character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, not his real name. You know what I mean. Character name. Right. But. Because it ain't what I wrote in my notes. It, yeah, it's Ricky. So Rick, Ricky's <laughs> running around the corner with a fucking manhole cover on his neck. And he's running from his brother and his nephews, who are Ivan and Slick. And the Drake is his brother. And I think it's the Wikipedia or whoever, but he's a traitor for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he might be in kind of defensive homeless people and the such. So long story short is he puts a barbed wire noose around his neck to Drake is, has slick in a truck drive off and pretty much decapitate him. So with all the cool shit that happens in this movie, I got to say this was the bit that I remembered most. Right. Because it sets the tone for the most part. But this time, as I was sitting there and having to take notes, I'm like, that barbed wire is just for show. That is doing. Oh, that's all it is. That is adding nothing to the pain. That is not with how fast you're popping his fucking head off. Right, that's temporary at best. But I'm like, I, I get it. Show. It's for show. Yeah. And then that was another part, though, where I was like, man, this was maybe a little bit prescient. You know, not obviously like people aren't doing shit like this, but the <laughs> but. way the Drake. And his entourage, including the nephews, obviously, are acting, or his sons, Ricky's nephews. Yeah, yeah. And then with the blood shower sequence after and stuff, I'm like, they're not filming it, but the way that they're playing up to the crowd around them and stuff just kind of reminds me of, like, shitty influencers. That's solid. That's a very solid point. Yeah, because it's like... And when you see, like, these videos of some of these different fucking shitty-ass fucking TikTok challenges go viral, and you have, like, kids stealing all the fucking shit off of their school walls and all that bullshit, you know what I mean? The fucking garbage ones. Yeah. Yeah, not the fun ones, the fucking garbage ones. That's what it reminded me of. It was like, oh, you guys are just those assholes, except you're running a gang that way. But those assholes didn't exist in that way when you made that movie. No. They existed, just not... In the form it's the that, precursor. Yeah. Right. It's the lead up to all of that. But I was like, oh, that's fucking weird. <laughs> of course, I don't think it's intentional in that no. sense. In that sense. But it's just kind of a weird coincidence that it followed that path right into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fucking influencers and all that shit. All right. So we get to see that, right? The <laughs> bloodbath and all that wild shit. 
all the hobo really wants, and this is pretty much his, I guess his whole aim and purpose is he just wants that lawnmower, bro. It's like 50 bucks at the pawn shop. He's got to find 50 bucks. It's cheaper than it is in the fucking short. How much was it in the short? Oh, I guess it was the shotgun that was more expensive in the short. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Because in the short, the shotgun's 60 bucks. Okay, okay. In the movie, it makes them both the same price. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that, but that makes sense. Okay, my next note is we get a cut scene with Ivan and Slick in some arcade. The arcade? (laughs) That part was fucking just so fun. Oh, I didn't mention it. Fuck yes for all this crazy oversaturation in this movie. Yeah, there I, is. I should have mentioned that from the get-go because it's super apparent from the moment this movie opens up. But this scene in the arcade, it also plays up huge just because of like, the lighting that they're using. Dude, that's a solid point. I think a lot has to do with the fact of what kind of camera they used. And that is one of those red Epic cameras. Mm. Yeah, they made mention of it too. Something that's really kind of, this is more nerdy than anything else, but they said that on average, there's X amount of like overshooting that you can pull off typically in a film. Mm -hmm. And they said once everything was said and done, they wound up overshooting by like 66%, something like that. Oh shit, okay. Yeah, and that's like kind of unheard of. Mm -hmm. Like they had a bunch of shit to work with, but... Rucker Howard, he didn't sound like he was a huge fan of that style of shooting. He said everything felt kind of like Kung Fu-y. Mm. You know, everything's action-based. But it's like, that kind of, I mean, it makes sense because that's kind of film you're making, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he just, I don't think he liked the pacing of it. I think he felt like it was maybe a little too quick. The arcade's neat just because you get to see some real fucking fun kills. The you bumper do? cars. That dope. was wild. That's fucking wild. The, what was it, like the strong man with the, the hammer on the foot? Right. Oh, that's just guy. Ivan, isn't it? Yeah. I'm like, God damn, mm. dude. Fucking Ivan, we still have yet to, like, properly talk about this on the show, (laughs) but I realized a part that I think that dude would be fucking perfect for. In Helsing, the brothers that attack the mansion, and the one, like, goes and becomes dog food, and the other one gets fucked up, and that other one is always, like, yelling a bunch of sexual shit, and, like, is a complete fucking pervert. There you go. That's Uh, Jan Valentine. Nice. Hell Yeah. I think he'd be a fucking, like, give me a live-action Helsing and uh, put him as Jan Valentine. Not a post. If they can pull it off, not a post. He'd be fun. Because that's basically well, who he was fucking playing in this. <laughs> I think there's another big bad reason why he would probably fit, too. And that has to do with the fact that he does He's a, a vampire? He's a dual role in this film. Oh, yeah, because he's fucking, what's his face? He's Rip. And if you look at the outfit that Rip wears... Almost looks like a samurai mm-hmm. get up, even though it's very, I don't know. But anyway, my, the point being is he's actually a martial artist. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. He studied karate and all this other stuff. But I'm like, that would give him a little bit more credence mm-hmm. for that role. Like, he can pull off some kung fu and shit. Anyway, the rapper I also wanted to mention is during that scene in the hunt, game, Otis, that kid who mm-hmm. like owes oh, him yeah. money and shit. Mm hmm. There's a scene later on in the film that's like a wraparound because he's like, I need to talk to my mom to get some money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he owes he, money. he tells him that he's, you know, I'll just get my allowance early. Yeah. And then later on in the movie, it's important that he's outside on the phone trying to beg his mom <laughs> for the fucking. I was like, that's, man, that's kind of clever, even for a film like this, that you would still stick to that. Well, and at that same time, you get the Plague video game is what he's playing. Right. Right, right, right. And that's kind of the lead up to our foreshadow moment, too. Mm-hmm. 
those characters were kind of alluding to. So yeah, there's a lot kind of going on already in that. Man, there's some sexualized shit going on too, as far as what Slick is saying. Oh yeah. I'm like, God damn boy, he's got some pickup lines if you wanna call him that. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Jesus. But what it leads to is because he's like coming on so strong to her and because of her I mean line she is of work, a prostitute. Because like so her she's line of work. Like, yeah, I mean, you know. Okay. Look, if you've got money, yeah, let's just go do this. You yeah. don't have to keep being a fucking asshole creepazoid. Like precisely, it's like I'm gonna do this regardless. Like you don't have to have, yeah, all this banter. But the hobos, he's kind of watching all this, not necessarily from afar, but from you know a little bit of a distance. And Slick is getting a little too aggressive, and he's got some other dudes coming out. And the hobo steps up, intervenes, breaks all that shit up, fucks him up pretty good. Yeah. So there's the start of that, right? Lock him up with the sodomites. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, because he winds up taking Slick down to the police office, and he's talking to the chief of police. And the chief of police initially seems like he's on the side of the homeless, and he's got a kind of a bone with the Drake. I'll admit, I completely forgot that the chief of police was too. as big of a dick as he was. I did, too. I remembered that there was one cop that seemed kind of innocent who pops up later. But this scene, it sucked me in. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. The chief does want to clean up. You're like, nope, oh, nope. You dirty bastard. Nope, you're a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah, <wide>. dirty <laughs> bastard. And then I was like, god damn you, movie, you got me. <laughs> right, because, you know, in comes Slick and Ivan. They wind up carving scum into his chest. I forgot that shit happened, too. Yo, and that's pretty gnarly. It's like, all right, goddamn. <laughs> I, I loved his fucking little, like, gonna need dump trucks. Like, the fuck for? For all the bodies. <laughs> yeah, he's like, we got to do a lot of cleaning up in this fucking town. But after he gets all fucked up, they dump him. He winds up stumbling into where Abby is hooking. Mm -hmm. And it's like another corrupt cop. Who comes back later. That's right. the first There's, time you see Right, him. there's another wrap around with this Fuck, guy. Abby, you're so hot. I don't want to cut my dick off and rub them all over <laughs> your, your titties. titties. He's, he's like, all right. <laughs> Uh, it's like, like how is that supposed to be? It's like you can just tell me what you want. You're like, a regular. It's like I just oh, the regular plus ten percent. But what the fuck is plus ten percent? I don't know. Um, curious if anybody knows. Yo, like is <laughs> so that some slang that I don't know because I don't pick up prostitutes? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not into toots. As, like, uh, nothing against sex workers. No, but no, 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 no. I'm not against that either. Like I'm not downplaying that. But also, I'm pretty sure most in our area are probably pretty meth-ridden anyway. Like, oh, yeah, you're taking a gamble, dude. You're rolling the dice. And But then again, I don't know. That that ain't my bad. That's, yeah, so. that's, not my, that's not my world. But if you are into that, all I'm saying is enlighten us. Like, I just, I need to know what plus 10% means. That's like, all I'm Is that a too. thing? Right, right, right. Or is I'm that not, just for this movie? We're not shaming. We're just genuinely curious. They used it in reference here. I'm just trying to figure what that is. Like, should I be asking for plus 10%? Yeah. Should we be is asking for... Is that something for that I want? Is it 10% off or 10% extra? What, where where are you getting 10% extra from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's curious. That, my imagination starts to run wild with that. But anywho, anywho. Because I would, I would assume that <laughs> anal would be more than just 10%. So, like... Because my first thought is, like, he also wants the ass. But maybe he just wants it tongued. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But because the hobo is so fucked up, he stumbles into their transaction, Abby and the cop or whatever. And the cop winds up driving off. She winds up taking care of him. 
So she takes him back to his place. And then this leads into like this kind of interaction that they have for the rest of the movie. Like they have this bond. That might as well have been fucking John Peters talking about polar bears to Kevin Smith. Well, you know what's kind of <laughs> interesting about this too is the reason they left all that stuff in there with bears mm-hmm. is the guy who we've been mentioning who played the who was the original homo mm-hmm. is all about that. Oh, He's like, if you ever meet this guy, you start talking, he will bring up bears and we'll go off on like these epic rants about bears. Now, I was trying to reconfirm it, but my notes weren't popping up correctly. Did I see right that, like, he was supposed to be the hobo, but he, like, ran off and they couldn't find him? Well, they said that, yeah, he was, I could be wrong because, like I said, once again, I'm not a professional and I I don't claim to be and I'm not trying to diagnose him. But just from the behind the scenes and even from what he's kind of mentioned, it sounds like he might suffer from anxiety and stuff like that. He might even have maybe some mental illness stuff going on. But he did. He went into hiding. They couldn't find him. They even like would show up at his mom's place and leave him messages. What it boiled down to was the guy was working on a different film set. Mm. And they had a conversation, he and, and Eisner. And Eisner's like, look, he's like, you know, if you don't want to play it, that's fine. He's like, you don't have to. They came to an agreement. He's like, look, we'll let you help us choose who you want to play that role. And there were several people in the process of who they were considering Interestingly enough, one of them was Jake the Snake Roberts, the fucking oh, wrestler. Crazy. I'm like, what? That would have been gnarly. But yeah, I mean, they. I mean, I'm glad it's Rutger Hauer, but. Yeah, crazy. even Rutger Hauer is like, you know, he got the script and is like, what? what is this? He says, but he gave it a chance. And he said the first day on set. I was like, I feel knew. like Rutger Hauer is in a different movie than everybody else in this movie. He's playing it so fucking straight. Yeah. It works, though. Yeah, it's no, interesting. It, works. it works, but yeah, you're right. He's a little bit more straight-laced than, than everybody else. It's Everyone else is works, leaning though. into it. He's not. Yeah, maybe because everybody else is Canadian and he's not. <laughs> maybe that's why it works. Speaking of the hobo, like, and like especially because it really comes out in that scene that he has with Abby, they never really define it. They don't try to blame any of his actions on it. But he's off. Yeah, he's not playing with the full deck. He it's hides not ever it well, really, though. Yeah. He's functioning. You know, we don't know why necessarily why he's a transient. We don't get that backstory. We don't know. I mean, we don't know his name. We don't even know his fucking name. Yeah. So all we know is what we get when he's dropped into Hopetown. It's just it's interesting. Yeah. It's weird because he's... I was about to say, he's not demonized, but he's not the good guy either. And so it's no, like, how much does it play into that unfortunate, like, demonizing mental illness yeah. tropes and shit? That's, but, a, that's a solid point, too, because I want to say it might have been in this particular scene where he's at her place and, you know, he's kind of drifting off to sleep. Mm-hmm. And he goes into a little bit of a tangent about this, some of these things and, like, what he needs to do. And it kind of comes out like, you know, he's he's ready to cross that line because he's talking about bears how yeah. they're like solitary creatures, but once they get the taste for human blood or whatever, they turn into man killers. Mm-hmm. He starts to get that taste. Uh, we'll find out here soon. Well, like, because when he finally leaves in the morning, he winds up bumping back into the bum fights director, dude. Right. Well, it seems like he's like, fuck it. I just need to achieve my dream. Yeah. And I'll I know do where I, I can get do. money. Exactly. That's what I got out of it. Like, he's just wanting to. Do what he's got to do to get the money to get that fucking lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and I know? think, I mean, honestly, I think it's kind of like 
he insists on continually calling her a teacher, uh-huh. which is the dream he has for her in a way that he hopes that she can realize. Yeah, that's like the avatar he has of her. And he doesn't really ever give her a clear answer as to whether he recognizes that she's not a teacher or not when she asks later in the movie. But I mean, you know, there's a part of him that truly understands what she does. And I think oh, yeah. I think he didn't like it before. But her showing that kindness to him the night before gave him the courage to be like, look, I can do what needs to be done. Like, she's doing what needs to be done to survive. I can do that too. Exactly. He's gaining some perspective. It's not what I think in his mind he thinks it is. Mm -hmm. Right. He's seeing it in a different light because, yeah, he's witnessing it from Abby. Well, I mean, because what he does is literally go sell his body. It's not in the same way, but that's what he's doing. Right. Exactly. And you can't judge people for doing that if if you're willing to do the same. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, it makes sense. But what that does lead to is he does go back to the pawn shop and he steps inside and he's kind of looking over that lawnmower and these fucking guys come in and they're holding the place up and they've got a woman, her baby, and our boy Tim Dunn, who we mentioned earlier, the fucking janitor. (laughs) They're holding the place up, man. And uh, the hobo's had enough of that shit. He winds up grabbing the shotgun above the lawnmower. And based off the trailer, he's saying a lot of lines from the trailer. <laughs> I had seen that trailer like once or twice back when I originally saw fucking Grindhouse. You know what I mean? Right, right. Rewatching it right before we recorded this, I was like, what the fuck? This is like ones. half of the fucking movie, bro. <laughs> I think they even mentioned that too in the making of like they kept a lot of the lines. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, it's pretty fucking obvious now. Which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It works. It fits. I got to say, just because we were talking about it for just a second and now talking about the trailer makes me think about it. OG hobo. I think better is the corrupt cop. Yeah, agreed. And gives one of the most memorable line readings in this entire movie. Dude, he killed his line. Dude, destroy. Destroy. His face. Yeah, his facial expressions on point. He wasn't as expressive as the hobo. And I can see why he probably didn't feel like he was meant to lead in this film. And let's be honest, Rutger Hauer, not an expressive hobo, but he's acting not expressive, whereas the other guy was just not expressive. There you go. A big difference. <laughs> big difference. And, you know, you can just look at their pedigrees. That's mm-hmm. no disservice or discredit to I mean, no, the other guy. Yeah. But Nobody's on. Rutger Hauer. That's what we get. Fucking Roy Batty. Yeah. How are you going to stand up to the, like, measure up to the guy that gave the tears in the rain speech? Ain't it going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, it ain't happen. Who winged the fucking tears in the rain speech? Killer, dude. Anyway. Look, the shotgun blasts are hyper-violent and oh, the fact yeah. that they're, like, blowing them off their feet and shit. But kind of a letdown after the other gore we'd already seen up to this point in the movie. Right? There is a bit of a drop-off. Like, it's cool that, like, he's getting his revenge, but I've seen fuckers just get blown off their feet by <laughs> guns because yeah. nobody under- in Hollywood understands how guns work, and you see that shit all the time. Right. It's an over-exaggeration. It is what it is in this film. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be over the top, but I know what you're saying. There's some letdown because I want to see a little bit more than what they're doing. Died oh, at the fucking headline, though. The hobo stops oh. begging, demands change. That's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, those headlines are pretty good. 
all I'm going to say is it leads him into this vigilante street justice, right? He's He wants to clean up the streets, wants to take care of the scum, mm-hmm. you know? So he gets Bum Fights director, right? He does. Who else does he get? He gets... Uh, he saves the chained up girls that are in whatever from the, those dope dealers. Right. Right. The he saves dealers. them. Right. He blasts the Santa pedophile. That was fucking funny. Yeah, it was. Because we see earlier that there was some kid in the back fucking seat like, save the healthy <laughs> to no one doing anything. Like, what the fuck? Oh, I'm going to come down both your chimneys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's some shit they say. I, I mean, I'm glad they do because it's the whole point of a fucking grindhouse exploitation film. And he even takes time to fucking spit on him first and then... Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I mean, give him some street justice, man. Uh, he gets the pimp. That yeah. one was funny, too, because the dude leans in to fucking... Kiss that... Pro. Yeah, that toot. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's something interesting really quick. Is the gal that plays the toot, mm-hmm. she's supposed to be an underage girl in the film. Oh. Yeah, because apparently there's a line that Pimp says to her about putting down her homework or some shit. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. So, but the girl who plays that. I took that as college. I, well, yeah. <laughs> because naturally, her age, she was like an intern. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, college age. But she talked about that. Like, they basically asked her if she would play that part, and that was what she played in the film. So, she was just an intern. Yeah, she didn't look young enough for that to read for me. No, no, I no, just assumed either. she was at like community college. Yeah, but that's that was what they were trying to allude to that she was underage, and that was the reason why he was serving up some street justice to that particular guy, that particular pimp. But anywho, yeah, it, all this leads to right is the fact that the people in the city are starting to like it, and the TV Wait, anchors. He gets to, one other person. Oh, go yeah, yeah, yeah go for it. Because we're seeing all those headlines pop up. And then we see the newspaper in the newspaper thing, and somebody breaks into it. And because they broke into it, you hear a shotgun blast off screen, and there's blood pop. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was That's a really fucking clever yeah. joke. Yeah, I yeah. fucking laughed at that. <laughs> there is some good comedy in this, mm-hmm. man. They're, I mean, they're clever. I give them that. Um, that that reminded me almost like some Black Dynamite sort of shit. Yeah. Because of the news report and all that shit, that's kind of highlighting the fact that the hobos, you know, serving up some street justice and... The Drake, he's got his sons, of course, with him. They've got some dude hung upside down with these girls, you know, that was f- the naked chicks. That was fun. That was weirdly fun, right? Like, yeah, you don't just see weird like, shit like that. Yeah, they're just kind of beating them a little bit like a pinata, you know, teasing them a little bit. And the Drake's all right, you know what? We need to do something because Ivan's already got his ass kicked. He's like, yeah, some hobo. He's like, have you not been watching the fucking news? This is the dude we're looking for. You're playing it like it's no big deal. Well, we carved him up. Anyway, the the whole point is, is like, we need to do something that's sending a message. Like, we're not going to be fucked with. And he says something about, you know, when, when you have a baseball or razor blades. When life gives you, hands you razor blades, you make a baseball bat out of razor blades. Yeah, and then he disembowels the dude with the baseball bat made of razor blades. That was dope. Right. And then this sets off Ivan and well, I was going to say, earlier, the wow. first time we saw them, it was like a character establishing moment where we know that they're all fucking murderous assholes yes. and pricks and shit. Yeah. This, like, set up the family dynamic a lot more. Because you have, like, you see how he treats fucking Ivan. Yes. Head that's, down. That's, that's right. That's right. 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 <laughs> He's like, yeah, you, you let your brother get beat up. You know, and all you guys do is write scum in his chest. And, yeah. 
and he's he's very open about Slick being his favorite. Yeah, because Slick, you know, takes kind of offense to the fact that he shouldn't be disrespected either. You mm-hmm. know, there's another line that's kind of funny. He's like, he's like, it's all right, you know, everybody gets their ass kicked. He's like, have you ever got your ass kicked? He's like, fuck, fuck no. no, I'm the, the Drake. Drake. <laughs> Nobody fucks with me. Like, that's Nobody should funny. fuck with me either. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's when he tells, you know, Ivan, put your head down. He gives Slick some inspiration. He's like, you know, one day you might be better than me, but not right now. He's like, you need to do something big. What I'm saying is mm-hmm. it sets him off to go to a school bus full of kids. And it's Ivan and Slick. And the kids on the bus are all cheerful. And everything's, I mean, we know what they're up to. But they ask the kids, it's like, do you like the hobo? Or the homeless people, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we fucking hate <laughs> the hobo and the homeless and sh- fucking scorch them kids. Yeah, flamethrower. Well, here's something interesting, too, a little side nugget. That was Did the you first think day about, of shooting. I'm oh. sorry. Oh, that was the first day? That was our first day of shooting. That's fucking great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did killing an entire school bus full of kids remind you of uh, Queen of Black Magic? Yeah, dude, yeah. I mean, seriously. And even... And Trick or Treat. That we haven't done this one either, but Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. There's a big bad scene in that, but anyhow, yeah. There's a lot of similarities, and here's something interesting too, because it was a first day shooting, is that the kids that were on the bus they had to be told, you know, what the purpose of those guys on the bus were, and you know how to react mm-hmm. to all that stuff and what was going to happen. So they let those kids be aware of what they were doing, and you know, what the intent of those guys were. But, yeah, I mean, even the actors, they were talking, the guys who played Slick and Ivan, they were like, you know, we were on the bus. He's like, you know, they give us this fucking flamethrower. And he's, <laughs> you know, I'm saying my lines and I'm shooting it. And he's like, when the flame's in front of me and you can start seeing the bus frame starting to melt and starting to warp and shit, he's at first is like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Then it starts to get warm. He said, then it gets hot and it feels like you're on fire and you're going to die. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that shit was intense. Damn. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they roasted that fucking bus pretty good. But that's pretty that's pretty wild. That's the first day of shooting. That's crazy. Yeah. That's fun though. What a wild first day, huh? <laughs> no kidding. But oh, I also want to mention they were playing fucking disco inferno. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. What the fuck, bird? <laughs> Baby bird. I was like, that's disco pretty fucking inferno. funny. No. It's Baby so fucked up. Bird. All right. Ivan, he declares because they fuck up the news anchor. Mm-hmm. He declares they're on the news. That it's gutter tag and that the homeless are it and that the town should have pretty much free reign and start killing homeless. And they do. They take up arms and start going after the homeless. You know, and it sets the hobo off in like this reflection moment. He's reflecting on what's happening and and what his actions are doing, I suppose. You know, what is leading to Mm -hmm. this fervor. And now he's wanted by the Drake. Essentially, the Drake wants the hobo. Now, I did put David Brunt because in in the cut scene in between that, we get the cops, and that's when he yells out, you know, we're all dirty cops. So good. Yeah. At least he's only shooting dirty cops. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I was like, that's David Brunt, so that was really cool. All right, now the next thing is, is Abby once again gets in the encounter with that police officer. He comes back around this time. He ain't taking no for an answer. Right. She's like, my legs are closed tonight. You he's know? trying to go half these with the recruit. Yeah. He's saying some pretty foul shit. And the, the recruits, and he's like, I, I don't really like this conversation. It's pretty disgusting. <laughs> you, sir, are a disgusting man. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 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 yes. 
the cop starts giving chase to Abby, and he's getting very forceful with her, and the oboe is not having any of it, and he winds up fucking blasting him repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And there's some pretty good gore splat and all that stuff. But if you've ever played Left for Dead, you know what happens when you start shooting off guns. There's, the horde hears it. That's what I'm saying. You're giving away your location, and the horde's coming right for you. And so Abby, she helps him out. She gives him some cover. Dude, that's one of the best fucking little sequences. Them getting out because he hides under the fucking... He hides in, like, the vagrant's fucking push cart underneath the corpse of the cop as she runs it out like, he shot the cop, da-da-da-da-da, as the the crowd runs by. He went that way. (laughs) He has to crawl out at the end of that sequence and fucking tips over when the kid sees him. There's that wraparound. Yeah, is the kids on the phone, the pay phone to, with his mom. And you're right. They make it back to Abby's. That wasn't supposed to happen, and they kept that taken. That is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things I did know. He wasn't supposed to fall out of the fucking thing. That is fucking hilarious. But yeah, it was the second time watching the film that it, it dawned on me that that was the same kid from the fucking arcade. And he calls Ivan and Slick. And this is where I think the hobo has that realization, like, all right, this is pretty much it for me. You know, mm-hmm. i got to start doing what i got to do. Look, first he has to wash that guy's asshole off his face. Yeah, I mean, they're they're trying to get out of there. They want to kind of start their life anew, you mm-hmm. know, and she's packing up, and you know, he's pretty much telling her, just take the basic shit. It's all you really need. That's all we really need. Anyway, Ivan is like, bust in. They're ready to fuck up some shit. And, yeah, Ivan's doing a number on the hobo. And Slick pretty much cornered Abby, and he starts slicing into her neck. That was pretty gnar. That was super fucking gnar. I'd forgotten all about that. I was going to say, I forgot about that. I forgot about the fact that Ivan, because he had his skates on, got electrocuted. And what he says is pretty fucking funny. I forgot that he came. (laughs) He made me come. (laughs) It's like, this dude has some of the best lines, too. Like, even early on, he tells people, don't forget to wash your dicks. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just like, he says some one-liners. <laughs> what the fuck, man? They're funny. They're zingers. Anyway, the hobo, he gets the upper hand. He winds up really fucking up slick, mm-hmm. which is fucking good because he winds up blowing his cock off. That's what it amounts to. I love the sequence with Slick calling his dad only to get carted off to hell at the end by the fucking... That was really fucking cool. That was... Really fucking well done. That was. That reminded me a lot of Trick or Treat or Trick Archery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that was fucking cool. Yeah, that that was a kind of a neat wraparound with that whole segment shit that he did. Yeah, I was not anticipating. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, that was really cool. Fucking the Drake, of course, of that. Or is it the Drake that at that point decides to call in the plague? Who decides calling? call in oh, the plague? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. The hobo takes Abby to the hospital. Right. Right, because, you know, okay. she's got her, her neck all fucked up. So the plague, it is, they get commissioned by um, the Drake. He calls them up. He does. Mm-hmm. And they save Abby's life. She's, I mean, that was pretty gory, too. That was pretty gnarly. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. All right. Now, the hobo has this kind of... <laughs> I won't say epic, man. That gets used too much. But he has this speech with all these newborns in the hospital. <laughs> and he got he pretty much surmises, like, you know, what their future is in this fucking town unless it gets 
change and they are the future. Is otherwise, you know, you might end up like me, a hobo oh, with a shotgun. The shotgun. Yeah. And in come the fucking plague. Now I mentioned earlier that his name is Bateman. His last name is Bateman. The guy who plays Ivan, he's also Rip. He's a part of the play. Right. Okay. Now, he's the one who fucks up that doctor who's like, I've had enough of you mm, fucking mm-hmm. beggars and homeless or whatever. He gets fucked up good. That's actually that dude. That's Rip. He oh. winds up fucking him yeah. up. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. other ones. Oh, that's actually grinder. him. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, damn. Okay, yeah. that makes sense because, like I said, he's kind of in that samurai-looking mm-hmm. outfit. Anyway... The way they move through the hospital is so over the top and fucking is. dumb yet badass. Yeah, I kind of like the way that Grinder, you can hear his voice and it's very, mm-hmm. and it makes sense because he's like he goes over to that nurse and she points out like me like I don't want no part of this. He's in there. That's what you're looking for, right? All it amounts to, which is kind of neat too, because they they've got that coffin ready for the hobo. They want him getting the hobo. And is Abby? No, they leave Abby behind. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they got the hobo. The hobo now is with Drake. He's also with the plague. He's also with Ivan. They wind up putting him in, quote unquote, the glory hole. Because <laughs> they <laughs> they're they trying to give him the same fate as Logan, yes. Rob Wells from earlier. Ricky. That seems to be their signature. That's what it seems. Now he's got kind of an audience, too. He's got like the townspeople mm-hmm. watching. He's kind of making this display or, you know, making an example out of well, the hobo. Before that, when he wakes up and he's still in the coffin, mm. when he wakes up, mm. he looks out, mm. and they're fighting the octopus. Good point. Yeah, that's some fucking. That's some pretty. Now I don't know stuff. if it's on the special features that you watched, but I read Cthulhu that the, stuff. No, that the doctor or not the doctor, the director. What the fuck am I saying, doctor for? <laughs> or fucking what's his name? Jason Eisner has confirmed only that they are friends with the octopus. That's kind of neat. Which doesn't clear things up one bit. <laughs> it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, but on their wall, you you can see who they've had, like, the red mark through. Jesus was on Jesus, there. Joan of Arc, Abraham yeah. Lincoln. And I'm like, damn, they're, they're some hitmen. But then, okay, I mean, this is a spoiler section anyway. The implication, though, is that whenever one of the plague gets killed, whoever kills them has to replace them. Yes, 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 yes. Which leads into something... At the end, after we finish wrapping up, I want to mention something else because yeah, yeah I know what it is. Yeah, it's but. kind of neat, but right. Anyway, 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 Abby. Now she gears up, right? She's all geared up, badass. She gives a little speech to the homeless people, or the people who are tracking down the homeless people. I should say, she's trying to give you know props to hip hop and the hip hop in this equation is the homeless people just like you know maybe we shouldn't be fucking with them maybe this is their home the outside we shouldn't be fucking with them anyway she's like from where she's standing uh it's pretty fucking what she say she says something like it from where she says it's like it's oh, how she says remember. it her speech is really fucking clunky it's, it's not super canadian good, either no <laughs> it's not a good speech but it's in you can you can get you can tell intent. it's not written to be a good speech. It's making fun of that moment in oh, all these other yeah, movies. Yeah, the slow clap. Yeah. <laughs> speech. <laughs> right, right, right. That that's solid. That's a solid point. So, she's leading a quote-unquote revolt against Drake and all that other shit because they have the hobo in the glory hole and they're going to give him the whole fucking barbed wire lasso mm-hmm. and 
anyway, instead of Slick, it's going to be Rip. And Grinder winds up getting fucked up by Abby. She fucks him up pretty good. She also fucks up Ivan. Ivan gets shot because mm-hmm. Drake's like, fuck you. I don't like you anyway. Well, she gets fucked up too. Yeah, she does. She gets really fucked up. She gets. That's what I kind of want to skip to because the rest of it, like, it's cool, but you kind of see how it's going to play out as yeah, it's happening. She stops, you know, the hobo from getting decapitated, essentially. But then Drake, no, it's not even Drake. It's the other fucking dude. Picks her up. Puts her hand in that. No, it is Drake. Isn't it is it? the Drake. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He fucks her up. He puts her hand in the fucking lawnmower, but she uses her stump to start stabbing him. She, yeah, she stabs the fuck out she of his stomach. She him. shanks him. And then she uses Dude, it. The hand in oh! the fucking lawnmower effect was so fucking good. It was not only that, but the, the part that got me a little bit was her using her stump to get the hobo out of his the manhole right. cover. You're like, oh no. Oh. <laughs> oh, that hurt looking at it, dude. But she gets him out. Oh, yeah, that's where Rip gives her that info at Expo about, hey, you killed Grinder. Now yeah. you have to take us place. And I was like, no. Nah, that shit ain't happening. Ain't and he just like walks off. Like there's no final showdown. Mm-mm. He just kind of like, all right, whatever. I'm kind of, all right, cool. I've did my like, business The dude that here. called me is also kind of dead now, so like. Yeah, I mean, I've done my job here, whatever. These fuckers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so Drake is like, he's still talking shit. He's all fucked up. He's still talking shit. And the hobo goes over to him. And in comes the corrupt police, and they're basically telling him, hey, man, you know, you do this, we're going to blast off on you. Hobo's already made up his mind. He fucking blasts the Drake. In return, the corrupt cops start shooting him. In return, the mob, the townspeople, start to shoot the cops. And Abby is screaming because... The hobo just got killed. Yeah. And the movie ends. And that's it. That's the end. And then, you know, you get the soundtrack and all that stuff. I mean, you kind of... You can infer that some sort of revolution took place. Right. How successful it was. Probably more successful than not, but I have a feeling that the town's probably still pretty crap sack. Right. You could read into it like he was kind of a martyr for a cleansing. Mm-hmm. You know, it happened to be somebody that you wouldn't consider to be a revolutionary in that sense, you know. But because of that, there was an alternate, alternate ending. extended and Yeah, alternate extended ending. So have you ever seen it? I uh, have not. Okay, I did see it. And what Is happens... Is it pretty dope? No. Um, <laughs> kind of, but not really. It's kind of like... Is it a little bit like an Evil Dead uh, ending? Okay. You know, like post credit shit. And what I mean by that is the scene that we get is we see Rip going into... Kind of like what they had Rutger Hauer in, like the coffin, but it was more yeah. like a... I don't know, this other kind of device. It wasn't like a cryogenic chamber or anything, okay. but it was something similar. Yeah. They had her in like this whatever. And it goes in. Kind of like she, a scientific Iron Maiden. Yeah, something like that. It, it's very similar. And she comes out of it, and she's kind of screaming because she's still got her fucking stump. But he puts her in, a, in her own garb, like a plague mm-hmm. armor. And then it's revealed that she's got the shotgun on her stump now. mm you know, and you go, it cocks, you know, and that's that's the end. Okay. So you get the ending that now she's a part of the plague. That was her fate now. So there's the wraparound with the rip. Okay. But, you know, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it at some point, but. 
makes just things to see interesting. It. Yeah. yeah, it makes it interesting. A little side story. But uh, yeah, this film overall, is, it's a fun film. It only clocks in at like an hour 26, and that's including the credits. So like an hour 21. Yeah, something. Which is fair. I will say it felt a little bit longer than that, too. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I still think this could probably be trimmed by like another five, six, seven minutes. Pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. and it'd be fine. But overall, it's still fun. All right, so The Plague versus The Black Skulls. Mm. That's a good question. I mean, I think The Plague get their ass beat by The Black The Plague are probably demons. Right. The Black Skulls are almost definitely demons. <laughs> yeah, that's a solid point, dude. <laughs> that's hard to argue. They probably would get their ass kicked. I mean, if Abby's kicking Grinder's ass like that. Yeah, with a fucking lawnmower. Although we know how effective a lawnmower can be from Dead Alive. That's so. true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But, I mean, being a demon, I mean, ah, man, demons, you're supposed to pose a bigger threat than that. I do find it interesting that no, like, blood flies up from that. Yeah. I was Only, like, metal armor pieces and, like, crunching metal sounds and, like, sparks and shit. And that's kind of what I'm wondering, like, if they're trying to keep them to that kind of, I don't know. That's set up weirdly you know, otherworldly, but yeah, not but. not not human like more yeah ethereal de- demon like mm-hmm. if you will I suppose I don't know but regardless regardless yeah I would like to see that movie I want to see it as would part be of the play cool. it would be neat to see maybe like different iterations of it you could do yeah. like yeah you know, the different variations of the plague like who all were a part of that look like was it I just said, two people to be or was it a larger group of people. Yo, like, Demons, whatever. the way they went through that hospital was dumb as fuck and the most badass thing that I've ever uh, yeah, seen. Yeah, both all in the at same once. Yeah. I mean, We didn't even really, like, describe what happened, right? Like, yeah, they just barged like, in and, like, dude was hamstringing people. They had fall oh, down on their yeah, knees. Yeah, we didn't mention that. That shit was kind of dope. Right? I mean, it was like, goofy as fuck, but it was still kind of dope. Right. So, because Rip was in front, right? Yes. So, Rip yes, would yes. hamstring them with his fucking katana. They'd fall down on their knees. Grinder would come up behind. He has a shotgun modified to be like a fucking, like a grappling gun. Yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. I guess like a short spear gun is yeah. what he has. That's a, a modified point. short spear gun that uh, off of the spear tip, he has hanging a fucking noose. Yeah. Puts the noose around their neck, fires the fucking spear gun up <laughs> into the ceiling, and it fucking hangs the, whoever hangs his up. victim, their victim. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of dope. <laughs> I haven't <clears> seen that before. No. It's one You're of the like, most oh, inventive things fuck. I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but it's it's effective in this film. And they just leave this trail <laughs> of fucking hanging bodies. That's what I'm saying. It'd be kind of neat to see the variations on that. Like, who all was a part of the plague? Was it more than two? Et cetera, et cetera. Who were their targets? I want to see Jesus get killed by them. Mm-hmm. I want to see Abel get killed by them. Joan of Arc. Who else? Who knows? Who else? I want to see them all. Right. It could happen if somebody wanted to go that route with ABCs it. ABCs of the plague. That would be kind of dope. Yeah, that'd be dope. Here's something I wanted to mention. And this is coming from the Grindhouse trailer. Okay. Right, I want to do a little wrap around myself. And this has to do with another person who was involved with the Trailer Park Boys. Because when we were watching the trailer, it was like, I recognize somebody. And that person is coincidentally named Michael Jackson. Now, there's two characters in Trailer Park Boys. They're called Corey and Trevor. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who plays Trevor. 
Because other guys, okay. Corey Bowles, who plays Corey. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's that. But I was like, damn, there's Michael Jackson. He plays the fucking pimp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the Grand House trailer, I was like, damn. And Zoe Dunsworth is the one who plays the store clerk. Oh, okay. In the the trailer. In the trailer. Right. So that's why Dunsworth and Trailer Park Boys and all these connections make so much sense. It's like, that's oh, fun. no fucking wonder. So, yeah, anyhow, that was what I wanted to mention. Hell yeah. But, yeah, fun film straight out of Canada. Started off as a winner of a submitted trailer. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, shot for just, I think, less than 200 bucks is what they said. That's crazy. What the fuck? And then got a $3 million project in return. Just goes to show, like... Got to work with Rutger Hauer in return. Yeah, man. Some really cool stuff, man. Here's something else that was really cool. The guy who did a lot of... I think the costume design and shit for the plague, like the guy who Mm -hmm. even had the concept for them, because he didn't have a bunch of credits underneath his name, they didn't want to hire him. And what I mean, they is the studios because they wanted somebody who was unionized yeah, to work yeah. on the project. And Eisner was like, look, if he's not a part of it, I'm not going to be a part of it because he's worked with me and all these other projects. No shit. That's okay. my dude. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they, they got him on board to do it and all that shit. So, but these are all like dudes who are friends. Mm-hmm. They all went to film school together. Some of them grew up together, you know, and it just kind of goes to show like, you know, is it the best project ever? Fuck, fuck no. But still fun. Yeah. It's crazy. Fun. They get they pulled it off. Gave them some other projects. I already talked about like ABCs of Death. That segment mm-hmm. was fucking gnarly. That, that was, was really so cool. cool. And the fact that he was working on Dark Side of the Ring as well. Right. Eisner. I yeah. mean, that's pretty fucking gnarly, especially for somebody like myself who grew up in the eighties and nineties watching some of those wrestling guys they're talking about and Seeing what really happened, like they said, mm-hmm. behind the scenes, in this case, outside the ring. Like, oh, damn, that's pretty gnarly shit. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so if you're a fan, I'd say check that out, too. It's really cool. I mean, it's not horror-related, but it's adjacent because Eisner, you know. Right. Anyway, yeah, that's about all I got to say. The The score is pretty good, too. Kind of fits oh, the yeah. bill. Yeah, know? yeah. It's, um, it's as all over the place as it needs to be. I was going to say it's super all over the place. It's not, but it... Yeah. It isn't just one jam either. No, it is still pretty decent, man. You even definitely have like some early synthwave type shit in there too. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it fits the bill, you know, for shit that I've seen come out of Canada recently, Mm -hmm. at least within the last decade or so. All right. So I don't have anything else to say. We don't know what we're doing next time either, do we? No, it's still up in the air, but that's okay. That's, that's, like I said, it makes it fun. With that in mind, we know what we have to go do. So I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried squirms. Oot. Oot. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, We highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, 
or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Uh, scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top, as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network, uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, the easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, you can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ads. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Peace.